Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast. Here we are. Yeah, here we it, are. It's the uh, it's the midweek podcast, last dance edition. Don't tease me. I know. Well, actually, I've never watched. I haven't watched it. Oh yet. my goodness! So, you would so from a from a film perspective, yeah, you would love it. Okay, I think like the shots are unique. It's it's very cool, but the story is propaganda. I hear. Okay. You don't have to get so cynical. <laughs> this is get... just the internet. I mean, I got it from the internet, so of course, yes, it's cynical. Yeah. Okay, well, Twitter, Twitter has Twitter. its, has it's okay. thing. Okay, uh, let's not dispute this. Michael Jordan is the greatest of all time. I'm going to say that. The, are you serious? Stop. Are we allowed? I'm just stop. stop. <laughs> just because I think there is some debate. We can't get into it. Here. Isn't the the king is not better? Jesus. Mm. Perfect segue. Did okay. you see that? I did. Uh, so, yes. <laughs> Jesus, the sermon. <laughs> Greatest of all time. Jesus, Jesus uh, and Peter. Jesus and Peter. So, John 21. Yeah. And this is the whole story. We actually made reference to it a few weeks ago. Uh, Jesus actually talks to Peter about what is happening right now in his life. Right. Um, because he, Peter's at this crossroads. He has literally watched Jesus die, resurrect, and still, after all the resurrection stuff, ends up going back home to his hometown in northern Israel right. and re-engages being a fisherman. Like, he takes on the family trade again. Right. Um, and he's back to fishing. And you would think after seeing Jesus die, resurrect, uh, proving himself, that that's all it would take to kind of be like, I'm in, let's go. But Peter... Oh, I mean, he... He screwed up pretty bad. Well, and that's what it is. Peter yeah. did screw up so badly that he, I, I think, you know, because we, we all do this. When I screw up, the last thing I want to do is actually be around people that remind me of my screw up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the easiest thing for Peter to do was to leave Jerusalem and to go back home and just to do what he's always known what to do. Just what's safe, yep. Uh, but Jesus doesn't leave him there. He doesn't say, well, if that's your choice, we're just gonna leave you alone. Right. He actually goes all the way, well, it's Jesus, so he didn't go all the way up to northern Israel because he just does this and he's wherever just, he wants. Just, that's a whole other right. issue. We should talk about that. Transportation. <laughs> Teleportation? Exactly. Uh, it's in the Bible. Okay. I'm not, I'm not, All right. So he, he teleports to northern Israel. <laughs> I love how you just stay on track. Okay. Teleportation? Okay. Anyway, let's, let's move on. Uh, so he goes goes up there, actually yeah. has breakfast with Peter. Does this yeah. miracle uh, from, the, from the, the shore of this like just incredible fishing day. Yeah. Then he has breakfast with everybody. And then he has this like very, very unique conversation with Peter where he asks him a question, and we said this a few weeks ago, but he says, do you love me? And he uses the word, the Greek word agape. Agape, right. And Peter responds, I filio you, which means I brotherly love you. Like, we're bros. This is cool. Um, oh, so here's a question. Yeah. I, just, I mean, uh, this just came to mind. Yep. Would he know what, like, would he know what agape meant? Like, is, would he know what Jesus actually meant by agape? Absolutely. Really? Absolutely. Well then, okay. He's got no. He's got no yeah. excuse. I was trying to. I was trying to find a way for him to. No. No. Like, he's. He just. He couldn't. He couldn't admit to it. He couldn't say that he did. Well, and you got to remember, like when John is writing this, yeah. he he ha he's been he's had a firsthand account of what's happened around him. Right. So Peter, at some point, probably told him that conversation. Oh. And when Peter and when John is writing, he's writing in something called Koine Greek, okay. which is uh, just average everyday colloquial Greek. Sure. And so as he writes it, he's making those 
those particular points for the people that are going to be reading this right. thing, the good news of right. John, the, okay. the gospel of John. Okay. So, so when so when that's being read, the original uh, the people would have read it originally would have been like, oh, that's weird. Why did he say agape? Right. And then go to filio, and then Jesus does it again. Do you agape me? Right. Well, he says, no, I filio you. And then Jesus says, do you love me? Do you brotherly love me? Right. Filio me. And Peter gets upset. He's like, listen, I just spent like two two last do you love me's telling you I filio you. Right. So yeah, you know I filio you. Like, why are you asking me this question? Mm. And then Jesus tells him, well, then feed my sheep. Hmm. And then sends him out on this amazing journey because the next book is uh, is the book of Acts. Yeah. It's the start of the church and it's yeah. this like radical... It's a movement um, that has... I mean, I mean, that's why we're here. We're literally sitting in, yeah. in an empty gym yeah. talking about Jesus yeah. because of what Peter and all the apostles had, had done. So, yeah. But I think the uniqueness of this story is that here is Peter, this guy who would end up being, you know, um, this massive figure for Christianity is so disturbed by his failure mm-hmm. that he just goes back to fishing. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I, I mean, I can't relate of course. So, uh, <laughs> neither can I, I've never <laughs> failed ever. I mean, uh, and I mean, the thing is too, right. Is that, um, I mean, for those that have failed and that have ex- experienced that, f- what that, what failure feels mm-hmm. like, uh, I mean, I don't know if anyone else does this, but you go, well, at least I didn't fail as bad as, that guy right yeah. so at least it wasn't that bad so i think about peter is that i, I think it might be like that's one of the I, I don't know if i can think of something more epic than denying jesus three times yeah so he set the bar pretty high for failure I, well when you put it like that yeah because yeah. peter <laughs> goes goes back to his hometown like uh, Andrew stole something from another guy this person you know whatever uh he Comparatively, wait, is that like did that actually happen or did you make that up? No, I just made it okay. up. Okay, but it's Andrew, what? Yeah, well, his brother, okay. Like, he's, <laughs> okay. I remember when he used to, like, oh, that's true. He stole what, a pack of gum whatever. from that, right? I remember when she did this, it's right. a small town, so okay. you know everybody's so, stuff. Okay, but then here's his stuff he can't even go to his small town yeah. and be content to just be like, yeah, I'm doing okay. Yeah, I literally betrayed God. Yeah. So three times, three, three times. times. And, it's not and, even just once. Three so, times. So there's no coming back from it for Peter. Right. And how do we know that? He went home. Yeah. He he went home and just was going to just be a fisherman again. Um, and I think sometimes when it comes to failure, like that's how deeply painful feel, failure actually is. Yeah. Like it actually causes not only guilt but like so much shame that you feel like you're completely unworthy. Of uh, of ever even stepping into a life that even God would have for you. Yeah, well, and I think that's I think what what we default to as people too often we default to this when someone does fail. Uh, I think the default is you you think you look at them differently. Right. You you put them in a different category. You think well they were here they're here and I'm sorry that's I'm going to always view you this way. Interesting. Um. I you know I. I don't work at a church now, but I've been in the church and I've been in the church world yeah, for a long time. There's a, there's a guy named Darren Patrick. He yeah. uh, was a pastor um, th- that was really popular around uh, when I was working at a church. Um, and, and, and there was this kind of movement of young, exciting preachers. And he, he was, he started to make a church essentially. Mm-hmm. So there's, there was campuses and he was, he, he wrote books and yeah. he, he spoke places and, and he got, he, he, 
he got fam- he got famous. Yeah. He got famous, uh, and uh, he failed. He, right. in a, I mean, as far as I mean, some guys. There's been you maybe have heard of some pastors or church people who have failed horribly. Sure. He, I mean, in, in this, if we're talking about ranking failures, his actually was not the worst. Right. Uh, but he was removed from from his church. Uh, but the cool thing about him and his process was, is he actually did what sort of he should have done. Sure. He apologized. He, he asked for, you know, forgiveness. Sure. He went through a system of repentance and, and, um, restoration. Yep. But you know, the interesting thing was, is that, and he said this in interviews, he, he Google his name and all he could see was his failure. And, uh, he basically, that's, he had a, like a, a tag on the back of his, you know, the guy who did this. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it was, man, it was just a couple of weeks ago. He killed himself. Yeah. And he, he just couldn't escape that. Uh, and, and in fact, I mean, it's interesting. There's been, there's been a few times where that's happened in the church now too, mm-hmm. where, where that's actually something has followed a pastor to the point where he just, they couldn't take it anymore. And, and I think the thing that that Marvin talked about that I think I wish that these guys could really know Mm -hmm. is that it's not the end. Right. Yeah. And and that was, that was Marvin's first point in the application side of it. The failure isn't the end, Yeah, but it sure feels like it. Yeah. And especially when you're, it's being reinforced over and over and over again. And that was, I think 2013, 14. Yeah. And so, I mean, six, seven years later, and and again, this guy was still being pursued by this failure. I mean, I'm thankful that my failures aren't broadcast to the world sure. and Googleable, because uh, I think that would be hard. But yeah. I mean, I know even in how I've failed, it sure does. It sure does feel like, well, that's it. You know, if if people actually knew my failure, they would put me in that box over there because, yeah, yeah. you know, because that's reserved for, you know, again, oh, well, that's you. And, you know, and I just, I don't think we're good as a, as a people that way sometimes. Right. And that's what's so hard about this story is that Jesus is literally looking at Peter and he's like, he, he's the one that got betrayed. Right. And so he looks at Peter and he says, okay, well, I know what you did. You can't hide that from me. Right. But I still want you, which is massive. And not only do I want you, I still, I still have a plan for you and I still have something I want you to do. Yeah. So I'm asking you to do that. That's Jesus. Yeah. Like when it comes to people, it's almost like all of the potential that was in a particular person, all of the things, all of the good things that people had lifted somebody up to. And I think that that's a whole other conversation around uh, like the idea of being, you know, Christian famous. Oh boy. You know, I, I was joking around with Pat yesterday. So by the time you see this, Pat is actually, he would have already done his live streaming stuff. It's just uh, a great idea. By live the way. worship. I think, idea. I think it's fantastic. Um, but the video, the video that we'd put out, uh, I was joking around with him. I just texted him because it, it was doing really well. And I just said, hey, look, like your, your video is doing great. And he was joking and he said, well, man, like this is a great week for me. Like I, I was on the radio <laughs> for the drive-in because they use a f- FM transmitter. Uh, and then he said, and, and now the video's blown up. Like, oh, that's amazing. Yeah. And so I sent him this uh, this hashtag right after. I just, yeah. just a joke. Sure. I wrote, LOL, hashtag Christian famous. Because it's a thing. <laughs> it's a thing. It's it's a fabricated thing. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, but I mean, it's a, it's a thing, but it's also, it's a whole, it's an industry. It's a whole, sure. there's a whole thing. There's, a, I mean, for those that don't know, like there are, there's a whole subculture and uh, industry mm. surrounding hashtag Christian famous. And uh, man, I, I have to wonder if some of the things that, again, like you put these people in a place yeah. that they shouldn't be. And then you put unreal expectations on them. Yeah. And when they don't meet them, you throw them to the side because yeah. they didn't meet your expectations. I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting because Jesus is like literally the complete opposite of, of that process. Well, he, he is, he's the target. Right. Right. Like, and, and that's, that's the hard part about it is that when you talk about an individual person, whether, whether, you know, becoming a Christian celebrity or not, or just, sure. just a Christian person, um, what we do really well is when people are displaying the stuff that we agree with right. or the potential that we can see in them, we, we push them yeah. and we put them, we put them in places they shouldn't be, they shouldn't be that they can't handle. They can't handle honest. their character. Hasn't yeah. met up with their competency. Right. Like that's, that's what's going yeah. on. And so we lift up, we're like, Oh man, this person's gonna be amazing, 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 amazing. And then when they get to this pinnacle and something bad happens, like with Darren uh, or Derek, Darren, Darren, yeah, yeah Darren. Darren. Uh, I don't know why I said that's okay, Derek. Um, it's okay, sorry, Derek. But the minute that they're they're at this, you know, pinnacle of success, mm-hmm. like numbers, um, uh, you know, book sales, book and, sales, and, uh, and speaking things, and and, and and not even just famous Christian pastors, but even people in a local church that rise through the ranks of leadership really quickly. For sure, um, you know, I think sometimes when something happens, we just get to this point where we're like, what? Like, how, how could this happen? And mm-hmm. the same people that were pushing up are, are the first people to tear down. Exactly. Uh, I, I know there was a guy in one of our churches um, that we'd pastored in. The guy, superstar, like just vo- like volunteer, yeah. um, superstar musician, ended up having uh, an affair with the youth pastor's wife. And like... Yeah. Everybody revered this person. Yeah. And then when everything happened, it was like for years, there was just this like, right. Can he ever come back from right. this? Right. And that's, I mean, that's the thing that, that again, but the interesting thing was, I don't know how long that time period was. How long was it between? Oh, the, years. For, no, I was, I'm talking about Jesus and Peter. Though. Oh, Jesus and Peter. Jesus and Peter. Oh, it wasn't that long. Right. So, Again, 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 if this is the example then, though, someone failed. I think it's interesting because he failed so spectacular, he gave up. Mm. And then, I mean, I don't know if it was more than just that one conversation, but he goes on to lead the most influential movement in the history of the world. Oh, yeah. So, obviously, God wasn't done with him yet. And obviously, you know, whoever, whoever we're looking at, they're not, God's not done with them yet. And so maybe we should look at them the same way. Yes. But that is going to take a lot of re reorienting your heart constantly around the gospel. Yeah. And here's why I say that. Okay. Because when you are constantly focused on the gospel, you're constantly reminded and not in like a, you're a dirtbag kind of way, but you're reminded of what Jesus has done for you. Right. And how much then you need to turn around and extend that grace and mercy to other people too. Um, And the danger, I think, for a lot of Christians is we don't keep the gospel in front of us. 
Mm. And when I'm saying the gospel, I don't just mean like, oh, remember those bracelets you used to have in Sunday school and it was like different colors? Yes. Yeah. And so like it, it all started out in black. Right. It was like black, black sin, sin. And- sin. Okay, cool. Like, but that's not the fullness of the gospel. Sure. The fullness of the gospel starts at creation with a loving God that wants to be in relationship with humanity. Yeah. Uh, he creates a home for us, puts us in it, wants to have eternal connection, but we're the ones that say, you know what? I'm, we're good. Yeah. We, we can figure this out on our own. Yeah. Thank you very much. See you later. You did a bad job of this whole thing. And, yeah. and instead of rejecting us, he pursues us through time and history and he sends his son Jesus to die in our place. Mm-hmm. And that's not even the end of the gospel. Right. The, the joy is that Jesus resurrected, came back to life, and that someday we have hope that he'll come back again to rule and reign as king forever and ever. And we'll never know pain. Uh, we'll never know, um, you know, all of the things that we experience in this life that are, are hurtful. I think that deserves a name, man, right we'll, there. Yeah, we'll never have it again, which is amazing. It is. But we don't keep that in front of us. Mm-hmm. We just look at, let's say a Darren Patrick, for example. Right. And we say, well, he had inappropriate conversations with women. He, um, was a bully to his staff. He did all of these things. Okay. And instead of letting, not letting go, but just being like, you know what? I've done those things towards God. I've let God down in so many different so ways. Many ways. Yeah. I've hurt people in so many different yeah. ways. The, the, the reason why we can look at a guy like that and just be like, ugh, you're no good, is because it's a way for us to feel better about the junk that we've done. Yeah. Well, there's that whole thing that we, you know, not that I do, but it's like, well, I didn't, do, it's not, at least I didn't do that. Uh, at, least. at least I didn't do that. And, Although I'm sure there's many of us who have done worse things. Than, than speak poorly to, to you know, our, our staff too. So Right. It, which is, it's still, we're not excusing. Not at all. Not at all. I, you know, I, because I, I, I think, again, it was, and then it wasn't even, because to me, it wasn't even just like the result of it. I think maybe, maybe it was necessary. I wasn't absolutely. there. I have no sure. idea. But the reaction and the pursuit that he felt, that's, I mean, that's the issue that I have. Yeah. Yeah. And I think this is where the scriptures are very clear, right? Like yeah. if somebody does fail, right. so take a pastor, for example. Yeah. So Timothy or Paul is very specific with Timothy mm-hmm. about the fact that if somebody does fail, if, a, if an elder does fail or a leader does fail, yeah. they have to be made an example of. Why? So that the community of faith can actually look with reverence and say, oh my goodness, like God is still asking for holiness from right. us. He still wants, yeah. he still wants us to be uh, people that follow what he tells us to do. Exactly. That's, that's great. Uh, but it doesn't mean that just because you demonstrate what has happened that you don't restore. Right. And that's where we lose it all of the time. Yeah. That we're ready to put people on pedestals, and then when they fall, we're ready to expose them for who they are in front of yeah. everybody. And then turn our attention to whoever the next person is that we're going to... Exactly. Yeah. And here's this person yeah. who just gave you everything that they've had that actually uh, fell off of the wagon because you were putting so much pressure on them to produce yeah. and produce and produce that now here they are used, abused, and just left to the sidelines. Yeah. And again, like for a guy like a Darren Patrick, he's reacting to the stuff going on inside of him. Right. Same as Peter. Peter is reacting by going back to his hometown to become a fisherman to the stuff that's going on inside of him. Mm -hmm. 
And instead of us seeing that and being like, you know what? I've been there. Yeah. I'm going to walk with you through this. Yeah. Like, I, I'm not going to judge you for that. No. Like, we're, yeah. th- there's, uh, yes, bad things have happened. And there are consequences to all the sin in our, in our own hearts and our lives. But on the, totally. other, on the other side of it, I think the whole point is restoration. Right. So, okay. So now thinking about, you know, people who might be listening now, they're like, okay, that's cool. I'm not a pastor. Never want to be one. Yeah. Okay. So now, but I've screwed up. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, what hope is there for me now? So, so Marvin talked about it not being the end. Did he give us any other, like what else, what else did he talk about? Maybe we should, you know, explore some of that. Obviously. So people, it isn't the end. Okay. So now what? Now what? Well, I I think I think the conversation with Jesus uh, and Peter is categorically the conversation that Jesus has with all of us. Hmm. Um, because when it when we talk about calling, like I even I think I said Ooh, it last there's week. That word. Yeah, I said there's it last week. Word. Like I have a difficult time with that because the tradition that I come from, calling is very much like angelic voices. Yeah. Um, you know. Uh, Audible, you know, audible voices from God saying, "You know, I've called you to Africa." I've yeah, very specific things. Very specific. I, I'm called to marry this person. I'm called yeah. to. I'm called to, and it's usually very specific. Which, which I will go on record as saying, Jesus isn't telling anybody to marry anybody. Just, just by the way, what? Uh, the only time you see it is Hosea, and he told Hosea to go marry a prostitute uh, to make an example of what's going on with Israel. So, okay, just, just okay. gonna say that, put that out there, <laughs> you know, right, right in the comments. I was gonna say comments. That's fine. YouTube comments. Go. Just we'll sit down um, and, and and read the Bible. Yeah, there. but um, but when it comes to this idea of calling, here's here is here's Jesus reengaging Peter to a calling that by the way was the same as the other disciples mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there was nothing um unique about peter's calling other than i will build you know uh my church on the rock right peter right yeah. but that gets fulfilled in acts chapter 2 when peter gets up and preaches and 3000 people gets come to know jesus so now his calling's done well not the calling's done <laughs> right but the idea of calling is more communal than anything exactly, else. Exactly. You know, so I think that's what happens to us. Every time that we fail, Jesus actually comes to us and says, hey, Carl or Josh, do you love me? And we're like, well, well of course I do. Well, of course I do. But likelihood is when we're in the middle of our failure, I, I can't give Jesus what he wants from me. Okay. Because I'm just yeah. feeling it. Yeah. And the beauty, like we said a few weeks ago, that he meets us where we are, but then he re-engages this idea of, look, like, you have something I put you on the planet to do, and that is the Great Commission. And every Christian is called to the Great Commission. So that's our calling. That is our calling. That's our, calling. That's our communal calling. Right. This idea of individualized calling over the years has really been... Um, uh, pushed to a, a degree where we have lost the idea of communal calling, right. that everybody is a minister of the gospel, that everybody is supposed to be sharing the good news well, of Jesus. Well, I mean, that's, I mean, I don't know about you, but I mean, to me, that's freeing to think that, because again, I know for the young people or whatever, this idea of like, We're so I've got to find my calling. Totally. And it's this, it is a legitimate stressor for people to Absolutely. be like, I don't know what I'm called to do. 
no, actually, you do know what you're called to do. Absolutely. Right. And I think, I think, I mean, yes, I can find comfort now and because we're, we're old now, but yeah, like yeah, when <laughs> in university and, and finding someone to spend your life with is this, you have this is natural to have that. There must be a specific thing. Well, so, so take, take Timothy, for example, okay. right? So when Paul outlines, uh, the idea of being a pastor, so first Timothy three, right? He says, he who aspires to the office of elder. Well, the aspirations or has ambitions to. Sure. We would never, like, no person in their right mind who was a pastor would get up and say, I had an ambition to become a pastor. Hmm. I, had, I had an aspiration. Sure. But that's, that's how Paul actually couches it with Timothy. Right. You know, and he says that's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. Right. It's actually a good thing sure. that you want to serve the community of faith that way. Yeah. So, you know, and not that it, it not a, it denigrates the reality of people wanting to become pastors or having this moment of calling. I think that's right. that's great. You know, sure. I'm, I'm not diminishing that. But what I am saying though is that the refocusing of from failure is always back to the purpose of what the church has been about for the last over two thousand years. Yeah. When you fail and you've done something stupid and you've dishonored God, it's not that he's going to give up on you or throw you away. It's that he can re-engage you in the calling of the Great Commission. And so you might have been doing a particular vocation prior to the fall yeah. of whatever it is that you, you messed up doing, but it doesn't mean that you'll be able to go back to that. Right, because of natural consequences. Natural consequences. Right. But it could be that there's a new path that's in front of you that you can choose to take. And as long as you're integrating it with the idea of the Great Commission, making disciples as you go, yeah. that's the beauty of it. Is that no, like just because, let's say a pastor, for example, like, like a Darren sure. or anybody fails and they are no longer a pastor. Right. Did they miss the boat all of a sudden? Like, are, are they completely useless to God? Well, I mean, that's, that's, no. that's just it. I mean, the, and the, my thought, and, um, we should, we should wrap it up here, but, um, the, the interesting thing, even from a, for me thinking from a psychological perspective, this idea of refocusing on calling makes sense too. So what you're doing is taking the focus off of you yourself yeah. and the things that you've done wrong and turning it and focusing you know, it's not about you. It's not about totally. me. I'm not, I'm not wallowing in my fishing and doing whatever, refocusing it and finding purpose in that. To service. Right. It's not about you. It's about others. Right. I still love you and I still care about you, but I want you to move to serving others. That's, that's, and that would be freeing. And that's a way to get out of that sense that the end is not the end. Feed my sheep. Right. Feed my sheep. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining us. This is a good conversation in the gym. It is. There's some wicked lightning out there, so I'm glad we're not outside. I'm glad we're not outside. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad we're alive. <laughs> That's fantastic. Anyway, awesome. have a great week. Bye.